0: Welcome to The Road Show. We are your hosts, Lance Britton and Jay Green. This is a podcast where we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a bit about rowing. In South Africa,
1: it, it brings hard. people together, In breaks numbers. down barriers.
0: Yeah, right. My passion winning to be the best. To be the best is something we strive Travelers. for. There's crucial
1: South Africa passion
0: great passion great. fiction, fiction. Gold. ultimate gold. glory relentless training pain pain, <laughs> <laughs> hello boys and girls ladies and gents uh welcome to the road show uh with the the world cup in serbia this weekend uh last weekend we thought we'd just um try something new for the episode and just go over over some of the highlights of the regatta and let you guys know some of the inside info from the racing
1: yeah, like Lauren said, we're gonna try get into some talking points of, of this last weekend's regatta and hopefully get some insightful discussions of of what the racing meant and talk a bit about the interesting things that happened this last weekend in terms of results and, and and notable notable placings in the in this first World Cup.
0: Yeah, because I mean it was a pretty crazy event. I mean the first regatta of the season, and there's just tons happening. New crews are coming out the out the woodwork and. Really exciting to to see where everyone fits in, especially some crews from last year, world champs, not having the best regatta, and other crews having a cracker big regatta.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like world World Cup one is in an interesting part of the year. I feel like a lot of the a lot of the cr- crews are still doing quite heavy training, and it's it's interesting to see how or not to see how, but to just talk a bit about how the pre-season training factors into this first World Cup because I think for a lot of countries, there's a lot of um, maybe some more trialing going on. there's a lot of testing combinations. there's a lot of interesting boat speed happening. So I think from a starting block, I think things will quite change maybe quite substantially going forward. But what I really liked from this regatta um, was the fact that in most boat classes there were huge entries, which is actually not a, a little bit uncommon for this first World Cup. You have you know one or two pretty decent crews, but across the board, I think we had some pretty good racing. Um, most events were filled with pretty interesting A finals and as the standard of racing goes along I thought it was pretty um pretty good. Yeah and also
0: I think uh European uh European champs is is now moved into this into this next section, so it's in the next month or so. And I think that's caused a lot of people to come into World Cup one instead of going to like Lucerne or, or World Cup three. So I think that's why there was such big entries for this This event, and also I think people just really keen to to get the season underway and see where they fit in. So, uh, just in case we butcher anyone's name, we really apologise in advance. Um, It's (laughs) I'm sure it's gonna happen. No, it it
1: will happen at some (laughs) stage, but um, we'll try our best.
0: Yeah, and also it's just our opinions of the racing. If we if we've missed anything or if there's anything else that you guys think we should have spoken about, then hit us up with a message or drop us an email at therosho at gmail.com. So just to, to kick it off, um, we're not gonna list results. We're not just gonna go through all the events and chat about each each result, each uh, each medals or the medals of each event and just go through it step by step. We're just gonna break it up, talk about a few uh crucial points and not get into too much detail on like the actual numbers and all of that sort of stuff
1: yeah like we said beforehand, we just want to have a a couple interesting um discussions about the about what happened this last weekend and maybe just get in in depth into a few talking points but uh, we want to try to give you bring you guys something a bit different compared to just looking at lists and maybe some uh the ordinary media but yeah
0: so, Jake, I think we, we can't start anywhere else other than uh, talking about the, the Netherlands team that they sent to the World Cup.
1: Yeah, I think it was actually, I can't believe how, how dominant they were um, on the weekend. Um, like Lawrence said, I think that's really good for them moving forward to European champs. They were featured almost in every single event um, at the top of the at the top of the podium, and I think the most impressive thing was watching Netherlands get uh, first and second in the women's and the men's four. I mean, that doesn't happen very often.
0: Yeah, I can't remember another event where people won uh, first, where where country came first and second. Like, I can't, I try to think back and see if there were other races that I'd watched, and, and I'm sure there are somewhere amongst the, the, the millions of races in world rowing, but I think it's not something that happens very often. And for a country to do it in both the men's side and the women's side is just so impressive. And yeah, I think it really shows that their heavyweight team and actually the entire team is is really executing some good training at the beginning of the season. And I wonder how well they're going to now keep that uh, performance going on, on to the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and um, I was also quite interested to to look at the fours because obviously they entered four fours and um, I'm pretty sure they're doing quite a a substantial training process at the moment and there were a lot of new combinations, a lot of um, people that I haven't seen racing with each other before. So I think you know it's, it's going to be interesting as the season progresses what boat they focus on obviously they can focus on the eight or they can focus on the four. I'd be really interested to see if they choose to focus on the four because I think considering what they did this last weekend if they um, choose the four as their top boats and then throw all their athletes in the mix there, I think they'll they'll get a quite a competitive four out there because especially the 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 Netherlands' first four actually came second on the weekend to the Netherlands' second four. I don't know if they seeded it like that, if they deliberately chose Netherlands' one as the top crew, but if they did, that's a very interesting result.
0: So I think it's the, the stroke four and the bow four from the eight. So they came third at all champs last year in the eight. And then they sort of just split it up. I'm sure there's some some name changes in there, but uh, that's. I think they'll go back into the eight after that. Results two really quality fours, put them together and see if you can box with the, the Germans and the British in the eight.
1: Yeah, um, and that's a nice that's a nice little move towards the eight throwing. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty a pretty good event. I think I, d- I didn't expect uh, Germany to really. Get put under too much pressure. I thought they were gonna. They were Yo, gonna, no gonna, way, dude. You I thought they thought, were under pressure there. I
0: thought that the the, the British would uh, give them a really good run for their money. I mean, that's a serious big dog eight for the British thing.
1: Yeah, no, I. You know, you could see they they for this. They, they were putting in some big names in there. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how the season progresses. I know GB have just finished doing their trialing process, but so is Germany in that natural regard. But, you know, it's really early in the season. And um, considering that Germany have already had a season in the 8th, they've had a bit more time getting used to the combination, finding the boat speed, whereas GB's fresh in the 8th again. They've, GB's got a hell of a lot of uh, wealth of experience and knowledge to call on in 8th racing, and I know that Germany and GB have had incredible rivalry, especially in the 2016 Olympiad. and uh, We've had some incredible finishes at, um, at World Cups and World Champs with those two crews. Yeah, I really, I think
0: uh, really this season we're going to see the British crew get a lot faster towards the end of the year. I think that by world champs, that uh, German-British comb- uh, rivalry is going to really come to the front. It's going to be really quick. And, and I think the Dutch are going to come into the mix there as well. And we know we're missing the the Kiwis as well. So, and the uh, U- USA as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, big eights still coming in. And yeah, really, I think that the eight is going to be one of their
1: most exciting events at the end of the year. So shifting track a little bit, Lawrence, what did you think about the, the Women's Four? New Olympic event, I thought it was a really entertaining and exciting race for World Cup 1.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that the, the Women's Four got uh, added as an Olympic event. I think it's it's my, one of my favorite events, the, the Fours. So to watch them race, and I think it was one of my favorite races of the whole day. The, again, the Netherlands, uh, boat number two, really quick out the blocks, establishing early lead. And actually, Netherlands number one really struggled at the start. They were way down. And I thought that they were way out the race by like three, 400 meters into the race. They were more than a length down. And yeah, just really good running from both those crews through the middle of the race to really establish their positions. And then the Netherlands one coming back
1: quite hard at the end of the race to to get that second place. Yeah, and I also thought what was quite interesting, I don't know what was going on there, but the uh, the Polish women's four got a silver medal at World Champs last year and they seem to have a few crew changes. They stroke, they stroke women from the four last year has now moved into a pair with her sister and they seem to, I'm not quite sure why they did that because the four was looked really good last year and I don't know what happened, warranted these crew changes because I thought they four did a bit worse than what they wanted to and the pair also only made it be final. So I don't know what's, what's going on there
0: yeah so I thought that was also pretty weird I mean the yeah I mean really interesting to to see Anna Maria Wise uh we we about <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys to get a butcher some names so those two sisters uh back into the pair so so the one had an accident last year and was out of the the crew and then the youngest sister went into the into the four and actually did really well so I was surprised that she Uh, left that four and went uh, back into the pair because neither of those boats did particularly well. So very, very interesting move there, but I'm sure we'll see them back in the four at some point. Uh, Also, what is interesting in in the women's four is that the two leading Netherlands crews also jumped in the eight and then won that as well.
1: So all those girls came away with two golds yeah. No. Will, will cup I, think, impressive. I think if I didn't win a medal out of the Netherlands team would be would suck quite a lot <laughs> to finish that regatta and, and cruise back home. Yes,
0: even if you have a silver medal, yeah. You have not good enough. Silver medal and seven of your your other crews then raking in the gold. So yeah, I think let's just let's just carry on about the results of the Dutch because there there were so many and so many classy performances. So let's get to the best performer of the day. Um <clears throat> when we looked at all the, the times, the racing times and the, the winning times compared to world records, it was very clear that the lighthead women's double is a seriously hot event this year. It's it is got serious pace. All three medalists rode over ninety nine percent for the world for the uh, of their world record. Yeah,
1: that's that's quite that's quite impressive. Um when you have your first World Cup of the season and then your three top uh your three medalists are rowing rowing over ninety nine percent that's um that's really impressive and what's what i i i feel that the lightweight women's table is going to be the most exciting event of the year because if you look at the 2017 world champs the gold and silver medalists there weren't even in that race so um the the romanians won the gold and new zealand also got the silver and that was a really really close race at world champs and you know throw them into the mix um, GB uh, were were fifth, I think, and they got a bronze in the final. But they've had one crew change, so a lot of interesting and a lot of new faces. And I think this is going to be a hunting event this season. Um, I think it's going to be super tight. Lightweight racing is always tight, but definitely, uh, my my um, every every regard of the season, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to the lightweight double.
0: Yeah, and we already we already chatted to Zoe McBride from the New Zealand crew earlier in the season, so we know she's training maximum so she's going to come in there in the field and as you said there's a lot of big crews missing from there and that was a really quality event to watch i loved watching that race and it was really cool i mean the dutch girls didn't perform that well at the beginning of the regatta and we thought that our predictions for them winning was uh, going to be a bit rocky but then they they really bought the thunder at the end of that race really classy performance from them and also really cool for our South African girls, um, Nicole van Weyck and Kirsten McCann. Back, okay. in, the, back in the double, Kirsten's been in the single and uh, Nicole's been in under-23 and now they're finally getting into the double and seeing what they can do and coming
1: away with a good result. So if you look at the, the Netherlands double, you have Ilsa Paulus, who's the Olympic champion and mm-hmm. then you have Marika Kezo who's the under-23 world champion and the silver medal and the uh, lightweight and single. You no, know, it's a really good crew combination, and I think they've got a lot of speed coming as well as our goals. Nicole, Nicole's young rower; she's got a lot of potential. She does really well. At, she's uh, won two medals at two different um, campaigns at under twenty three and this is her debut into the lighty women's double with experienced uh, rower Kirsten Cannon, and I think it's going to be a really interesting season to watch them both go.
0: Yeah, I hope they chase that
1: uh, that gold
0: hard. I think that I, I think that if there's a sniff of of good weather at any of the next regattas that world record is going to fall.
1: No, we got we got some strong
0: some strong crews here. Cool, so we managed uh, to get Nicole in to give us a little inside info on her her race at uh, at the World Cup. So, yeah, your first uh, World Cup and your first World Cup in the Lightweight Women's doubles. So tell us a little bit about the the racing just before the final and then go into your final.
2: I think it was pretty cool. So being my first um senior event was really stressful um I don't think I've been that nervous for a very long time uh but it was really cool I learned to live in the moment a lot so I was just taking it one day at a time one race at a time and actually seeing where it goes uh luckily for us I think our training at home prepares us so well for the tight racing overseas because we constantly have crews that are similar speed starts that are always pushing us so when we got to the heat we decided we have our lane and the only thing we can really do is see how fast we can get our boat from start to finish in our own lane so that's that's just what we did and and then going into the semi was the most stressful race actually of the <laughs> whole thing yeah,
0: I'm, I'm with you I, have, <laughs> I feel like semis are semis are always the worst because like i feel like if you mess it up at the semi you feel like you wasted the whole gather yeah and if you get through the semi it's like Cool, you, you're yeah. there, and now it's time to, to at put the at least if you're the in top. the A
2: final, you can fight for a medal. But yeah. if you're not in the A final, then that's that. You're you know, done. your
1: know, regatta's over.
2: So it was stressful, and that was actually, a, I think, the toughest race mentally because other crews went out so hard, and I think we we had to give ourselves a real reality check halfway through that race to think, Oh, <laughs> gosh, if we want this, we have to go now. So luckily... We managed to pull through and like just come second there to the French. Um, which is really exciting. So at least we got into the final. After our semi we came to the conclusion that we were getting dropped straight out the block. So we'd have a really good start and we just drop it to race pace way too early. And our race pace we found was being way too conservative because the moment we got to 1k we still felt pretty good. So in the final, we went out pretty hard, and then everyone just seemed to walk away from us again. <laughs> so I didn't know if other people were playing games or if we had dropped off, because obviously I don't have the stroke coach. I actually just don't know what we're doing. I just <laughs> go. <You> just go. <laughs> and then we went to 1K, and Kirsten said, fourth. That's all I got was fourth. That was pretty stressful. I don't think we should put ourselves in this position again, because... I think from the 750, I went for him. Yeah, but that's... she went max. Yeah, that's
1: really impressive though. I think your second thousand was, um, especially under that much pressure, it was really cool to see you handle that pressure well. <clears throat> and you guys come away in the last 500 meters and, and move into that silver medal position, because that race was flipping intense from start to finish.
2: Yeah, it was pretty hard. But after looking at the race started, I think our last 500 was a 140, which is our fastest 500 of the race which yeah. is, does not seem very really right. It seems very really wrong. Yeah, but it still so worked for you guys. So it worked for really, really, really us. Cool. So I, I think must say, you look like you
0: paid for that but you looked like a corpse at the British line <laughs> I was there. done.
2: <laughs> I finished and it felt like hell had just rained on me. <laughs> I, my, I looked at Chris and I was like, I don't remember it being this painful. Why is it so sore? <laughs> oh. She was just laughing at me pretty hard from the bar seat, actually.
0: But really cool though. I mean, first World Cup and and you know, on the podium so yeah. it's a good start to yeah. to the year and to the rest of the
1: the, the rest of the are. season I think um, we were saying earlier in the podcast that the lightweight doubles definitely going to be one of the more exciting events to watch this year and it's nice to see you guys put in a dominant performance early
2: yeah I think I didn't even think we thought it would be that hectic because I mean the Dutch went two seconds of world record pace we were what mm. four seconds of world record pace and this is world cup one and it wasn't even like a pumping tailwind it yeah. was like a slight breeze
0: yeah exactly what he said he said as soon as there's a sniff of a, a tail it's gonna it's gonna be gonna go. horrendous <laughs> so
2: yeah. it's gonna be a pretty tough event i think
0: cool Well, shut for giving us a little bit of inside info and i'm sure we'll have you on the on the show for a full interview at some
2: Perfect. point
0: that'd be cool so, uh, talking about those those numbers a bit more, the what we did is we took all the 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 medalist times and we compared them to the world record to get a percentage, a little bit like uh, the rock the boat format, and we ranked them all out. So obviously, lightweight women's double doing really well; they coming away with with the highest percentages. But some other really really quick times were the women's quad and the men's quad, which also rode over ninety eight percent. Talk to let's talk a bit about the the men's quad because that was quite a crazy event.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's really good to see GB move from strength to strength. I thought they had a really good race. They seem to, seemed to build, be building on the success from last year, picking up a medal at both at chance. And I think they had a really, really good race, had a really strong rhythm, and came away with a really st- strong sprint at the end <clears throat> to take that gold medal.
0: Yeah, I thought it was quite uh, bold from the commentators. They were calling the gold medal uh, before the race even started, and GB hadn't won a gold yet uh, for the day. So... They were calling the gold, and I thought, Yo, this is and then they were down through the thousand. I thought, no, this is not going to go the way the commentators called. But massive sprint from them, and really quality to see them cross the line first. So that was a very cool race to watch, actually. Yeah, and then uh, just back on those results, another quality uh, percentage was the men's eight. Actually, they were 98% as well. So that's the Germans right up there, 98%. It's uh, yes, maybe you can argue that the conditions got a little bit quicker towards the end of the day, and that's why some of the the later racing was quite fast. But can't uh, can't fake
1: the, that sort of speed. That's no. really quick. Well, I mean, they're a world championship crew. I mean, they're the world record breaking crew from last year, so um, it's not surprising. I think the men's eight is going to be a very fast event throughout the season, um, and it's I think it's going to get maybe even faster as um, a lot of crews try and look to break Germany's dominant dominant streak. For sure, um,
0: I think a crew, an event that that's got a lot of room. I think still to go is the the men's four. So they had the lowest percentage of ninety six point two percent. So very uh, very low low percentage from them. Not that quick on the times, um, but a really close field. I mean the whole the whole field was um, one and a half. Was six? No, there was a six second spread between uh, first, first and, and last. sixth place. Okay. So it was a really close race. In there, But I think that just shows you that there is a lot of room for someone to, to break this field apart. I mean, we're missing Australia, Australia who That's did exactly that last year. I mean, they decimated the field at World Champs last year, won by many, many lengths. So I think when they come back into the field, it's uh, definitely going to look a different picture.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I thought, uh, um, I think also Italy is also exception there. <clears throat> they were silver medalists from last year, and it'll be interesting to see how what happens in this event going forward. And then, speaking about uh, the men's pair, I think it's not a surprise that the Croatians won, but I, th- I would go out on a, on a limb here to say that if I was the Croatian pair, I would have wanted to w- win that event by a little bit more. Um, I thought... To not to not discredit the the Croatian pair, I would really want to start the season off with quite a big win. Concerning that they've you know had a really dominant race racing in the double, and then last year I thought the top of the men's pair event was quite there was quite a big separation between gold and silver and the rest of the field. So I thought it was a bit closer than I expected. I thought I think the rest of the pairs are doing really well to close that gap between Croatia. Again, notable notable, notable exception of the Italian pair, the stroke men. Uh, Giuseppe Vincino has uh, had a back injury so,
0: yeah, so he's just had a back up and he's on his way back but look I think that the the, the Czech pair that's that's the best I've seen them row. Right? I mean both me and you have rid a lot of pairs before so it's an event that we we know fairly well we know the kind of speeds that need to happen in, the, in that race so I think that the Czech pair uh, they're consistently improving over the last few years and, and looking really sharp, actually, this year. I thought um, that that's some of the best rowing they've done. And then the Sinkovich brothers, I mean, look, they're so strong. Mm. So I think they, they're they relying a lot on their power at the moment. And I think they still look like they're rowing the, the pair like like a bit of a double. It's very tappy and and a lot of power going into not such a long stroke. Whereas I think once they start to, to row the pair a little bit smoother, a little bit more sweeping strokes... I think they're going to get disgusting speed. So yeah. I think that's still there's still a crew that is has got a lot of potential to come, and I can't wait to see them uh, race over the next the next little bit. So, Jaggy, let's uh, chat. Who was your favourite race? What what is your favourite race? Or your favourite performance
1: of the day? Favourite race of the day? Let's think. Um, I'd say the lightweight double. I think I've, I've been leading onto it, but I was. I know it's the it was the fast it was the most impressive performance, but um, I can't help but not be biased. It was great to see the South African double come from behind to get that silver medal, and I thought it's it's uh, it was just a really exciting race. Um, lightweight racing was always really exciting, so I thought it was the most entertaining race for me from the weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a it's it is such a cool cool race. It was it was really well executed, and I mean our girls coming. Not having a good first thousand. I mean, we spoke to to Kirsten. She said that she she was a bit uh, blown out of water in the first or the second five hundred. They couldn't she couldn't believe how quick the other cruisers had been there. But then obviously they had big gears for the the second thousand and a monster sprint from there. And really good job from uh, Nicole to keep her keep her head in the game there because that was a big sprint. and She looked like she was taking yeah, she serious looked, pace at yeah, the end of that like race. Yeah, she looked like she
1: was properly done at the end of that race.
0: Okay, but my favorite uh, performance of the day was actually the women's four. I really enjoyed that race, and I thought the reason why I liked that race so much is the the, the Netherlands crew that won was seriously slick. They were rowing some of the, the best rowing I've seen for a long time. It looked remind me of the um, the Swiss lighty men's four that was so dominant just before um, just before Rio Olympics. Yeah, I mean I they just rowing so well on the stroke or Monica Lands really really quality strokes I really thought that uh, that was that sort of sort of textbook growing and I think if uh, a lot of the other fours can have a look at how they were executing their, their rhythm there because I mean they led early in the race and then just held their cool held, their, held the, the the field under control and then took it up at the end right at the end when they needed to win
1: yeah I know they were I thought also agree with Lawrence they were running really well but also <clears throat> notable, notable exception again. Australian women's four world champions from last year. What do you think would happen if you threw them into the mix?
0: No, I think we we we're not sitting here um, looking at at world champs results. Yeah, I think okay. that these results are gonna they're gonna get torn apart. I think through the season, and I think a lot of crew changes will still happen. I think a lot of uh, people go into the bigger boats or, or or these boats that are doing. Well, we'll split up into smaller ones. So I think that the, the results are gonna look very different by the end of the year. But it's just look, the the Dutch you can't you can't lie, they they're gonna be getting some good results through the yeah. season.
1: No, I, I think so. This is a perfect start for them and I think I also wouldn't be surprised if the, the women the that the Dutch women's eight stayed in that combination. I thought that was a pretty dominant um, row from them.
0: Yeah, I think what we might see there is the the eight uh, maybe four of them still doubling up in the four, or two of them going into the pair. But I don't think we'll see the whole eight doubling up again.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think. When it when it comes down to the business end of the season, I think you definitely want to you know, focus on on a few events. I, I I only feel that if to double up, you need to be disgustingly quick. Uh, talk about Kiwi pair quick, and that's you know. But otherwise, yeah, I will see what happens for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, doubling up in a regatta is. Is a bit crazy, I think. I mean, it's it's a lot of extra races in your legs. I mean, we talk about how a rep can affect your final, and now you're doing you're going to do another three races on top of that. So, I think it's it. You have to be you have to have a very strong crew to do it. But I think it, there are a lot of instances where a four or a pair comes out of the women's A to to do that. So, I think if we're going to see it anyway, that's where we're going to see it. And then. I want to just chat a little bit about the, the men's single because that was yeah. quite a, also quite an exciting race. Andre Sinek, obviously classy performance from him. He's uh, become really good at, at winning uh, World Cups and World Champs. And I think maybe this cycle he needs to up his game and win that Olympic gold.
1: Yeah, I thought, it, I mean, it was a, a fairly dominant performance from Andre Sinek, uh, World Champion from last year. So I th- I'm pretty sure he's expecting to win all the world Cups leading up to world champs i know he he must be thinking about the the potential speed that can come out of uh, new zealand and i think there's another big scholar's name that was missing from the sheet that's the croatian uh dimir martin i think he he had a bit of a disappointing season last year but um i think first you know what that guy's capable of i think it's a i don't i wouldn't write him off at all I think he's got to come and come in with some big, uh, some big racing.
0: Yeah, and talking about the New Zealanders as well, you got Robbie Manson and uh, my Drysdale hacking it out against each other at the moment. So we don't even know who's going to be on the start line at the end of the day. I think at the moment um, Robbie Manson won the first set of trials for them, so at, at the moment he'll probably take it on, but. Oh, you can never discount uh, Drysdale. no though. i
1: don't think so i think he's he's shown that he's capable of of some serious serious performances i think that the rio uh men's single race was phenomenal i think that that finish was the closest finish in olympic history but um moving on a bit no but
0: uh, you know we can't cut uh, cut off uh, we're not we're not done with the men's single because no, got to s- talk about no i'm talking about, about the german guy yeah okay we're we going to get there i was going to say uh, let's talk a bit about about uh, oliver Ziedler. So this guy apparently has only raced uh, rowed for eighteen months, and he only started rowing because he he went to the European World uh, uh, European Champs on the, the Concept Two erg, and pulled a five forty two. His first, his first erg. That's how he. Uh, that's why he started rowing, and he decided, "No, you want to try make the national team?" So he started training flat out. His sisters already a rower, and his dad. Is an Olympic champion from 1972, so there's a very cool article on world running. We'll put the link in the description below. But uh, yeah, really, and his dad is his coach, so he came on, and it says that uh, this World Cup was his only his fourth 2K race ever.
1: Yeah, you know, so I mean, that's 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 some disgusting potential. I think he's going to be a big name, a big big name to watch going forward, and another big rivalry because you got to. You can't not talk about uh, Toml Nasky who is the other German scholar and <clears throat> you can't have two uh, entries from the same country into world champs. So, is yeah. Germany going to choose a top single or are they going to combine the two of them into a double?
0: Yeah, but the, the German doubles are really going quite well. Though. They finished uh, third place in the in the double. So, it's, yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see how that plays out. But, I mean, someone that hasn't rode that much and then finds themselves first international race of their career find yourself in an A-final come out at that much speed I mean the commentators it was such an amusing race to to listen to because the commentators wrote him off straight away they were like no way uh, Oliver's got out way too quick like like there's no way we're going to see him at the, the end of this race and then he just didn't disappear at all and then he managed to put on a big sprint at the end of the, the race so look I mean that was bloody impressive for, mm-hmm. for someone that has as little experience uh, of racing it as 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 him and I think that he's we're going to see a lot more of him in yeah, the future.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot more. Um,
0: yes, and what a giant of a person as yeah, well. He he's a big guy. When you
1: when you, big... when you set, stand next to Andre Sinek and you make him look look a tiny but small, then
0: <laughs> he look like a little child, and you yeah, know that he is a, not a small uh, guy no, at he's all. Not small.
1: <laughs> but I thought um, <clears throat> a bit disappointing from Angel Rodriguez from Cuba. I thought I don't know what was going on there. Didn't have such a good regatta. Um he got a silver medal at World Champs last year. So I was expecting to see his name on the podium. But uh it's, again it's early in the season. You never know what what training guys are doing, what how how focused they are on the racing. So um definitely interesting to see how he progresses. Yeah, and especially
0: especially in the single as well, because the single people play the big games there, so I think uh we'll definitely see him closer to the top. But you know, I mean he's still yet to to win a big, uh, a big race, so we got to—he's got to get up there at some point.
1: Yeah, no, of course.
0: Yeah, so that's the the major races um, from this weekend. But the 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 international season is underway and now. From now on, things come thick and fast. I mean, straight away, you've got uh, World Cup two, which I think is in the next week or two. So that's going to be straight away. I mean, that's a big turnaround. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of action happening back home in all the sheds and, and in all the countries as they, they scramble to, to find answers to the re- racing this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's the, the schedule is quite tight. So I, I don't know what countries are going to do now for the second World Cup in Austria, um, And then the biggest World Cup of the season is in Lucerne. I always feel like it's a, it's a second World Champs all all the big names go there it's the holy grail of racing it's a really good course and it's a really good test to see what your speed's like to world champs because there is quite a big gap of time between lucerne and world championships so uh, i think what most countries do is they send their fastest crews to lucerne give it their all and then just check where what the speed's like and just do their final progression afterwards to world champs (laughs) But from us, we're going to have some really cool interviews coming up. We're going to be chatting to some of the performers from this World Cup, so stay tuned to see some really interesting interviews from athletes that are competing at the moment on the on the, the World Cup stage, and just to see how their journey is going along.
0: Yeah, and let us know what you what you thought of this episode. If you if you hated it, let us know. We won't take it too harshly, and we won't do it again. But if you guys enjoyed it and you think it uh, adds a bit of a, a bit of inside info or a bit of uh, stuff about the world cup then yeah let us know hit us up with a message and uh and we'll keep it coming for you guys at the end of the day we want to give you guys the best content that you want so you've got to keep the the communication going
1: yeah and we really enjoy the feedback that we're getting from you guys it's helping us uh become a better uh better podcast and it's helping Lawrence and i be better at doing this but yeah guys thanks uh, thanks for tuning in I think that's uh, majority of what we've had to say
0: Yeah I mean we've had some some really long interviews in the in the last few weeks so now today just a quick short one for you guys
1: Sweet cheers guys Jake's
0: out and we're out ciao
1: A big performance from a fresh German scholar scholar Oliver Zielder. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna commit to that just. <laughs> Ziedler. Ziedler. Yeah. <laughs> I love Zielder. Better fuck it up again!